Do you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals? Then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to a professional dancer, DJ, singer, choreographer, creative, you name it, she can do it. Taja Riley. Taja has recently moved from LA to London. She tells me why, and she tells me some of the struggles that she's been facing over the past few years. This episode does get very deep and very personal, and I really appreciate Taja spending two hours speaking with us and sharing her journey. Make sure you also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to hear more amazing podcasts. So here is Taja Riley. And we're in, motherfucker. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are I you? mean, hey, boy. I know. Hey, boy. I'll take it. Hey, boy. Hey, guy. It doesn't sound right. Hey, boy. Hey, hey there. Hey, there. Hey, there. Do your, do your best British accent. Oh, my God. Go. <laughs> it's so in between. Go on. Uh-huh. Uh, in it. In it, mate. <laughs> That's all I got. In it, mate. In it, mate. Um, <laughs> Top so of the morning, ju- too, yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Irish. Yeah, Irish, bit. very Irish. Irish. Uh, so you were just telling me that you feel like you're in Fortnite. Oh my god! Yes, yes. Okay, so I put these headphones on. Do this. Ooh, hi. Is it going out? A little okay, bit closer. Great. A little bit closer. A little closer. Yeah. 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 Am I Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. There's this game that everybody's like super obsessed with, and they get really high tech with it. It's called Fortnite. Everybody knows what it is, so like I can Except cut the crap. Me. You don't know what Fortnite I've is? I've never played it. Oh my gosh, it's I like just the keep biggest. T-shirts saying Fortnite. It's b- the biggest bromance craze right yeah. now. <laughs> it's like a trend. <laughs> and actually, really fun fact: I just found out they're suing people for this thing called emote. So there's these like cartoons that recreate dance styles, social uh-huh. dances. Like the, they do the whip, they mm-hmm. do the nene, they do like old Michael moonwalking moves. Like they do old disco John Travolta moves. Uh-huh. Like literally all types of moves. So much that like kids, like I used to be, I was babysitting like at the beginning of this summer. Mm-hmm. And um, I was babysitting boys and they were obsessed with this Fortnite game, but they weren't exactly just playing the game. Like, you know, you play like, I don't know, Need for Speed, you get on and you race. Like, yeah, you're yeah. going to race. Uh-huh. You know, you get on Crazy Taxi, you're going to do the game, right? Yeah. But on their game, they just get on the game and then they start playing with the dance moves. They change the characters and they like to see the different characters that are on Fortnite do the different dance moves. Like, oh my God, let me watch this this uh, robot. Let's let's watch this robot do uh, John Travolta disco. Like, it's so weird. But now, I just, there's a current event going on on Instagram that they're suing people for the emotes, like the dance moves. As like, in they don't because, have the rights to that move. Right, they don't have the rights to that move. So if the move was patented, which was like, wait a second, doesn't that mean that we could kind of sue? Yeah. Like, as dancers? Yeah. like. Should we start patenting our moves? Yeah. That's like a like, really serious reflection. I didn't make that I this had. move, but I made this four counts. Oh my gosh. So just that four counts is my four like counts. Like Anthony Thomas could make so much money. Like, can you imagine? Think of all the TV shows that do Rhythm Nation. It's like it's correct, <laughs> or just even just the amount of classes that he teaches a year. Yeah. They're all like Rhythm Nation or Missy yeah. Much. Like, <laughs> it's like, he makes so <laughs> much money, from, dude. From one routine. Oh my gosh. That's Anyways. Yeah, yeah, fun fact. So do you play Fortnite? 
I don't. No. <laughs> no, I, don't like, no. I don't care for the game at all, like one bit. Um, I wish I knew how to play NBA 2K, uh-huh. uh, whatever year that it's on. Yeah. Uh, but I do I actually don't. I do know how to play this game called Human Fall Flat. It is, oh my gosh, it is an obsession. If I had an Xbox, I would show you how to play right now or PlayStation. But basically, it's like these doilies. Like, you know when you go to the car wash in America and they have like those like big like floaty things that's like, what's up? (laughs) Like, like they're like really doily kind of characters. They have these avatars on the game and it's really hard to get them to move because they're like, they have no... They have no like uh, bone vertebrae structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. so everything's just like flap, 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 uh-huh. and you have to try and get them to solve whatever equation. And then there's this guy that does like this weird voiceover, like humans sometimes don't know how to walk straight. And then it's like it explains like a tutorial of what basically you have to do uh-huh. um, within the voiceover, and then you have to try and complete the mission as one so, of those as one of those things. yeah spaghetti things like learn how to jump. You try and move boxes. Hilarious. You push boxes into buttons so it opens other doors. <laughs> you climb, and then whenever you fall off of the obstacle, it like makes you fall right back onto the obstacle again. So it's like you fall, yeah. and then you see the this thing like just flailing in the air, falling, and then it falls right back onto the obstacle course again. So it's like it goes back into orbit. Yeah, whoever invented you can't this, die. Whoever invented this game must have been so high. Oh my gosh, super high, and everybody that plays it is. But the best part about it is you can like kind of chime in with your friends yeah. and do a group game. Oh, so sick. it can be up to four of you at a time trying to complete the mission together, <laughs> and then you can be on these headsets that yeah. look like this. And talk to each other and comment and like literally like FaceTime while you're having the experience. It's amazing. I wish I was into games. They're so much more. They seem so much more fun than when we were younger. Like, do you mean it'd be like I'm I'm going over my friend's house to watch him play a game because it's a one player game. You know what I mean? No, but people do that. I know. Like kids do that. Well, my little brother watches YouTube videos. YouTube videos of of watching. Yeah. And he's like, "Do you know this person?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "He makes millions from this." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. From no, seriously. He's like, no, he films himself playing a game. I know exactly who, who he's talking about, too. Yeah. He's actually, like, the highest grossing YouTube, um, I guess, channel yeah. in, like, the course of, like, history, really. Jesus. And it's, like, his name has to do, it rings in with the actual name of the game. Yeah. Like, he, like they go by his avatar name. They call him the avatar yeah. name. But I can't. His name's not, like, Dave. It's no, like it's, like, Killer Boy Dave 12. The Bo- yeah. 12. <laughs> so they, like, <laughs> Dream killer boy. <laughs> so I haven't seen you in like four years. Four years since Amsterdam. We're totally catching up. I know. So what brings you to London? Uh, it's <laughs> such a broad. It's such a broad question. Like I mean, because you've gone, f- you've gone full in. We're sat in your beautiful living room now, and it's in Brixton. It's very pretty. It's a nice little Brixton place. Although I have to learn how to invent new plants. <laughs> the plants are dying outside. <laughs> Too cold. Kind of like my heart. <laughs> no, seriously though, um, I came here for several different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first and ultimate reason is because I really wanted to heal. I wanted to find a place of healing that was isolated, but not too isolated from everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through a really traumatic experience this year that lasted a lot longer. Um, than one season. Yeah. Um, and I felt like, you know, after coming back into the industry, it just was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, okay, you know when you like, 
You know when you get your your cast off after having like a really embarrassing incident like falling up the stairs? Yeah. And you like walk in and say you are a dancer or say you are a soccer player or a basketball player yeah. and you're sucking, right? You're yeah. sucking. But everybody's just so thankful that you're back that they just clap at like the most terrible things that you do like uh-huh. it could be terrible or awful yeah, like they're just but grateful they're, to see they're just there. grateful to see that you can move like yeah. we're just glad you're here uh-huh. and i felt like i was doing that it, i was feeling that over and over again repeatedly every time i would go take a class every time i would be out somewhere every time that like once i started my social media emergence like just hearing it over and over again repeatedly it was like they were signing like my emotional cast mm-hmm. you know and there's parts of it that's like I'm very thankful and grateful that I have great friends that honor me or respect me, appreciate me, or just like want to see me do well or support mm-hmm. me. But then there's another side where I'm like, oh my god, I just wish like God, oh yeah, god. give me a minute to figure <laughs> just it out. Like, oh my god, like yeah. don't ask me what's wrong. You see, I'm crying here. Don't ask me what's wrong because it's just going to make me cry more. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like I have to have that time for myself where I can just establish, reestablish like where I'm going. Um, Cause I feel like it was also overwhelming that coming back into this industry, I think God just basically did this thing like, so this is what you stayed away from all year and I wanted you to do these things. So mm-hmm. now I'm just gonna pile them on mm-hmm. and you have this time limit to complete it. And it's like this invisible time limit yeah, that you're go. just like, okay. Uh, here's 20 ideas, make them all happen at the same time now because we could have spaced them out, but you were too busy trying to be in a cult. So here you go. Uh And, and like just hands me this big, huge bag of clothes that I now have to fold, separate, organize and find a drawer and put them in there. Yeah. And then just try and figure out outfits too. And it's like, it's like all of this stuff together in, in one little, little package. Uh huh. That I call, I guess, uh, fall season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fall into winter. But yeah, so healing would be like the first step. Second step, um, I think for me, was just like finishing projects. I always envied or admired other artists when they would need to create a new album and they would just go disappear for mm-hmm. a couple months and just like go to Tahiti or thailand or wyoming yeah <laughs> i think kanye went yeah, to yeah. wyoming <laughs> <He did. laughs> which i find quite g um and i think this is my wyoming london huh. being somewhere where it's cold and the first time i came here actually i hated it hated the experience <laughs> sorry london no, let's uh, just move i was I like oh today. my god i hated it here i was like man freezing. i was like 17 super new like first big job I was doing janet at the time and my bookend was Jillian and yeah. I love Jillian. But I think at the time where I ended my career, it was just so like premature, immature and just mal- malnutrient. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Malnutritioned or yeah. uh, lack of nutrition and dance. Uh, so I think she was like over me. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I love her. Like she's like a sag sister and yeah. um, really always respected her and looked up to her. But at the time I was like, it's like the big sister that didn't want a second child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just like out here and like the only other people that I could really talk to were like Nick Bass and mm-hmm. Victor Rojas, I think was out there with me. And then um, uh, Nicholas, 
Nicholas and I think uh, Wiley. Uh-huh. I think it was them yeah, it too. Yeah, was Wiley. And um, at Nico, Nico and Wiley, uh-huh. Nico Ashambal. From Canada. <laughs> I can never pronounce his name. But yeah, like they're all they were all guys. And I think I was looking for that female energy at that particular point to like nurture me. Uh-huh. And what I got instead like not that that's a bad yeah, yeah. gift, but I got Nick Bass Pep Talks. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Which is great. I, I he is the reason I dance. <laughs> so I'll take Nick Bass Pep Talks over any other pep talk on planet Earth. But the, yeah, that was my remembrance and I was just like this place is cold. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the time. And it's kind of gloomy. Yeah. It's and like, people will run you over. It's like New York, but different. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that was like my first experience. And outside of actually doing Janet, it was just like, ah. But, um, you know, as I continued coming back here for other reasons, other tours, other gigs, I just started to really appreciate it more. Uh give it another chance mm-hmm. it was like it's like sushi for me you yeah. know like the first time you try sushi you're like oh yeah. shit yeah. man 10th time sucks. you go oh i could do some oh, more i could do that. some of this yeah what's that color over look there? at that nigiri yeah popping yellow tail <laughs> <laughs> what's that thing sticking out the rice oh my gosh <laughs> i want that yeah. no seriously even the seaweed i want all of it like yeah. so this is like this is the one and london I think, is your sushi yeah london is my sushi <laughs> get it um, so you said you, obviously you went through something traumatic this year. Yeah. Um, and you took a time out of dance altogether, but how long have you been out of the, well, what we in quotations, the industry? The industry. Uh, let's say timeline, timeline, like October, last October is when mm-hmm. it started. And from there, um, slowly started to pull out in Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. And it wasn't just with like the dance industry. It was like every industry. It was like everything that I worked for in the last, like, I don't know, 27 years of my life, like my whole Uh entire life. I just started to pull out of slowly. Uh Um, Why that? How come? What made that? It always goes back to like, it's a boy. It always goes back to it's a yeah. love story, love, love trying. Someone ruined my love, love life. Rude love, rude boy love. Um, but yeah, that was kind of what it was. And it was like one of those setups where it seemed like that fairy tale, like too good to be true. Uh-huh. Except this time I really, really, really wanted it to be true. Uh-huh. And I reconnected with somebody from my childhood who happened to be my very first boyfriend. And it was just like one of those things, like as fate would have it. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Like it's time. Oh my god, settle I down. Seen you in ten years. Get domesticated. Like, and I was just all for it. And I'm, I'm kind of a bit of an extremist, uh-huh. trying to change that, trying to add like more positive connotations to that mm-hmm. title. Um, but for the most part, I'm pretty extreme. Mm. Whereas, you know, if anybody knows what an extremist is, basically like you, when you have something or a challenge or maybe a method to something, you go all in. Like there's nothing to hold back. No mm-hmm. regrets, no nothing. You just put every every egg in the same basket. The same basket. And then you just 100% it. Mm-hmm. And then... I think for me, my fear was always, I don't want to have the regret 
mm-hmm. of, you know, coming out of it, say it didn't work, then there's all the, always this side of me that like, is like, oh, this 10% that I didn't do, mm-hmm. if I would have done it, would it have worked? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I did not want to have that regret. And I don't have to want to have that regret with anything. So mm-hmm. what I end up doing is, is 100%ing yeah. myself. And that ends up, now I end up like regretting that yeah. because if I would have probably put only half of myself into it, then I probably could have stepped out a mm. lot sooner, learned the lesson and been a little bit more vigilant, which is like, I think my word of the year yeah. being more vigilant for next year. Actually, I think this year's over. <laughs> this, <laughs> well, you've, got, it's you've done. got eight more days to figure it out. <laughs> right. But if anybody else wants to waste my time, yeah. you do have eight more days. Eight more days to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> come get at me i'm here uh, <laughs> um but yeah so basically you know started seeing him dating him getting really serious about it and within a month he had proposed to me jesus and it got pretty serious and seems like he's extremist too well he's he's a lot of things <laughs> but we'll keep it super um pg classy yeah uh, classy. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, he proposed and uh, he actually did it in like a surprising type way. And his dad was taping it in the background. Oh, shit. And so I knew I was like, I would not want to be personally humiliated in front of my father, especially mm-hmm. if my father was like not really so involved in my life. Yeah. And so... Um, so yeah, I said yes. And then later that day I was like, I really don't think that we should do this. Like I don't, I don't know if I should have said yes. Mm. And he was like, God told me to do it. And that was like it was like the the God uh I don't know, it was like when it's like you basically point that blame finger, yeah. but that blame finger is like uh it's a, it's a, like a, you go to your dad and you're like, "Well, mom said." Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it's like, "Okay, we're good." Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's what he expected of me. And I really <laughs> fell for that and yeah. just was basically like because I felt like he made me feel like I didn't have a sustainable or um, exciting or enriched relationship with God. Uh-huh. And um, so it made me question a lot of things uh-huh. about my past experience with religion or spirituality and maybe what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. And how do I increase that? Because uh, sure, like everybody wants to have a relationship with their creator, their, the person mm-hmm. that made them, regardless on whatever level, whatever even you if believe, you don't believe yeah. in God, like mm-hmm. if you believe in your dad or your yeah, mom like or I whatever. Like I believe in my mom. I always <laughs> say, I don't believe in God. I believe in my mom. Right. And it's, the, and it's like your creator. If you creator. switch the word, it's the same principle. It's the same thing. Like even if it's earth mm-hmm. that birthed you, you know. I don't know, reincarnation, mm-hmm. wherever you came from, I think that you want to have a sense of these are my roots yeah, yeah. and to know about them, know the foundation. So anyways, like that was something that I was just like, I need to discover this because I guess from where they're coming from, it just seemed very appealing to me that they knew about these far-fetched concepts that I had never heard yeah. in my life. And I also was one of those people that, and I'm sure other people can relate, like where when you read the Bible, because a lot of people grow up like religious mm-hmm. and then at some point they're like, they have that 16 burnout yeah. area where they're they just go, like, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything, we're going to yeah. blow it this all up. This don't make no sense. Not none, none. Yeah. No way I'm going to church on Sunday. Um, I'm but yeah, over, yo. somebody, somebody, <laughs> like you have that moment. Yeah. But when you're actually in church, 
you um, get really hooked to the cherry picking of the Bible mm-hmm. where it's like you come and they say like, oh, you're going to get the word today. Like in African-American mm-hmm. culture, it's like mm-hmm. getting the word. You go in and it's like this scripture that they read from. And that scripture is what they base the whole sermon on. Just like mm-hmm. if you were to base something on a Alexander McQueen quote. Okay, uh-huh. like great, whatever. Yeah. So random for my brain. But um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you base it on this one concept or yeah. one perspective. I never actually went into the book and read the chapter, chapter for chapter, like you should do anything. That's like mm. common knowledge, yeah. you know, unless it's like the dictionary thesaurus, which of course, I'm, I guess some people read those, yeah. but for everything else, it's like you read the book from top to bottom. Yeah. And for some reason with the Bible, people just don't no, they do just, that they get, they, they only learn the things that whoever's telling them wants them to hear at that particular moment. Exactly. And that's what, you know, that's what people, uh, I guess, taught me how to do. So that's what was instilled in my mind at the time. Uh And so I took a second look and like one of the first things it said was basically letting you know that, you know, God created us in his image and likeness. Mm -hmm. And to so if it's in his image and in his likeness, then basically that means that I'm a God too, Mm. or I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. And like... If that's true, then then there's this whole question of immortality. And if that's true, then there's this whole question of how long can you live? Mm. And if that's true, then it's like it goes into this deep rabbit hole of yeah. how can you expand your knowledge about surviving the yeah. one thing that no one has been able to survive, yeah. which is living forever. Uh-huh. And um, that's what intrigued me the most. And they felt like they had a method for it. They still believe they do. And they're living their lives in this very extreme way because they feel that they'll live forever. Yeah, and it just kind of pulled you that direction. Yeah, and then just with everything, it was just like, you know, they didn't watch mu- I mean, movies or television. If they did watch television, it was like literally a basketball game. And that's because the cult leader, he... Um, used to coach basketball Uh and his claim to fame, which is one of the reasons why all these boys um, have just clung to him. Like my, my ex who was the co-cult leader, he was like cult in cult leader in training pretty much. He had been with them for over six years. So he's been in this cult for six years. So he's like, he's in completely brainwashed. Like there's no way he's going out. Like he's even said to me, like, you know, if I were to go back to my regular life, I would I would die. Just wouldn't survive. Wouldn't Is, make it. Isn't that crazy that like that started to make you think maybe not necessarily think that way, but pull you towards that way. Yeah. They've removed the part of their life which your life was so exposed in. You know, your entire life has been around in the entertainment world, obviously with your father, with your your sisters. You know, you've always been a dancer. You've always you've been performing at such a young age. You've been around all these superstars. Absolutely. And then that's the that couldn't be any further away. No. Do you think like that's, super opposite? Yeah. Like, do you think that's what the attraction was though? Because it was like it's as if you kind of you understand this world so well. Yeah. You understand the entertainment business, and you know. Still trying to, like I'm a student still. Yeah, you're still a student, but of a student of 27, you're very well experienced for a 27-year-old. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you think that other side was so far-fetched from what you knew and what you've experienced, that's what the appeal was? (laughs) You know, it's interesting too. I think more of the appeal was super shallow, to be quite honest. Like, sex. Yeah. Like, like waiting 
for the trophy moment. Yeah. And I think he was the one that got away and then he became the person. He became the one that I still couldn't bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a, like, I have way more masculine energy than I should, I think. <laughs> and uh, I like, woman. I just like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty andro. I think everybody would probably agree in saying that I'm a pretty androgynous or unisex type person. Uh-huh. Um, I think most people um, that don't know me super, super well, like on a really, really, um, I don't know, I guess close in proximity level uh-huh. uh, would probably not know what my sexual into- orientation is or uh-huh. would assume that I'm, I'm bi yeah. or assume that, you know, I'm gay or, or queer yeah, yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting, like for me, when going through challenges like that, because, you know, that was a desire of mine. Physical touch is mm. a desire of mine. And when something just looks so delicious, like, <laughs> man, dude, how do I get that? And like, it becomes like this uh, game, like any man yeah, can, yeah. can relate to that. I, I don't know if women can, but some I know can. that some, yeah. but it's not really the same. It's not the same in a way. I feel like theirs is like, how long can we keep them yeah. within this? Yeah. But for the guy, it's like... It, what like what's the what's the game what, what are the rules yeah. like and that's what excites them is that hunt or yeah. the and i think that's what ended up happening for me i got somewhere somewhere in there it was like confusion between do i really want to know god or do i just really want to have sex with, with him the, with the guy which got away that got away yeah. <laughs> yeah and as we started once we got engaged it was kind of like this time clock where it was like now we have a date now we have a wedding set, seven months until I have sex. <laughs> and then I was like, I was celibate. I like, you know, I got sober too. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of been really into this life, this fast life of just like drugs and alcohol. And I loved it. Like I mm-hmm. really, really loved it. And I didn't see any problem mm-hmm. with it. But I think my rock bottom was the fact that every single time I almost died, because there was a couple times where I did, mm-hmm. like I would pray, 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 pray to God. And then like something would end up happening where I just like totally heal. And I was like a master at some point of hangovers yeah. that it was just like it, non-invasive to me to to do it every day every morning every lunch noon at at night and i was like a closet like a drug addict so what kind of drugs uh so I know you smoke weed, but I smoked weed. <laughs> oh my god! But that's not killing. It's like no it's one. like a shorter. Yeah. It's, I think it may be a shorter list of what I didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I didn't do crack. I think. <laughs> oh god, no, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I didn't do heroin. I know yeah. I didn't put any. Like I'm so afraid of needles. There would never yeah. be a chance. No. Uh, but yeah, but like I was so into it. But I was the person that did it alone. Yeah. I, like it, the social thing, it would happen, but. It wouldn't happen as frequent as it was, like, waking up in the morning, cereal and Coke. Like, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is cool. Skip the you coffee. You know, no coffee. <laughs> Just, like, get the day going. Yeah. Lines on the dashboard. Got yeah. this going. Like, it's, what it th- was crazy. What do you think started that? Uh, really personal. But I don't mind. Like, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Um, I, I uh, got pregnant. Oh, shit. A couple years ago. Well, not couple, like lots of years ago. But that's how it started. Um, I was dealing with the whole loss of, 
you know, in a secret, really. Uh, it was a secret from my family. It was a secret from my sisters. And I feel like, you know, the only people that knew actually was like Mia Michaels because I was on a job with Mia at the time. And a friend of mine named Morgan Burke who does contemporary. And then uh, my two girl girl best friends, Ryan and Noel. And um, yeah, they were the only ones that knew. But like the crazy thing about it was like, Dude, dude left me at the clinic. <laughs> like, he totally didn't want to deal with it. And I called him and I was like, well, it could only be you, man. Like, yeah. it could only be, could yeah. only be you trust with the, this yeah. timeline, this. trust. And, you know, it was crazy because I did take birth control, but I think I was, like, off on mm. the timeline. So girls don't, yeah, don't yeah. slip on the time frame that you take your birth control, that yeah. does make a difference. It yeah. really does. But basically, I, he, I called him, and he was like, so we're going to deal with this. And it was just like very black and white. Nonchalant. Like very, we're going to deal with this. And then he took me to a clinic the next day and paid for like, it was like a $600 abortion. Mm. But I was like a good uh, five, six weeks, mm -hmm. about a yeah, like good Enough. good amount of time, good amount of time where it was like, oh, you got like a month to decide whether you want this thing or not, mm. and um, and it, it's like it was like that for him, and it was like for me, it was like, can I take a pause in my career so I can enjoy this? Like I was not about it, but it was just, and I really liked this guy a mm. lot, so it was just like, why couldn't we make it work? Even if we needed to adopt, like, why couldn't I do that? Mm -hmm. Now looking back on it, I am thankful for the time that I got where I wasn't doing it. But like, does it really make up for the time where I spent that whole time getting into drugs? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story. But I went in, uh, got the abortion. It was the most one of the most traumatic things yeah, in my imagine. life or that any woman would go through yeah. just to be sitting legs open with a a 65-year-old man digging into your vag like <laughs> yeah. and taking out life yeah. like it's like the craziest concept and just blood everywhere i did not smell good for a very long time yeah. because like i guess apparently like when stuff like that happens and you're pregnant, it changes the smell of like your pH balance yeah. as a woman. And so I just felt like just some degenerate, like yeah. retarded, like, I mean, excuse me for the political and like no, that's cool. correction of that. But just like, yeah, it, it felt so disabling for yeah. me and um, unfriendly for me walking out of there. And I feel like I played like, Beyonce song on the way back home and it was like to this song Blue mm -hmm. and it was like about like her kid mm -hmm. and I was just like ah like bawling and then I remember having this really strange dream that it was a boy and it was just like ah like yeah gut-wrenching it still hurts a little bit but you know healed from that it was just like I walk out of this abortion clinic and and life's meant to just and be the same. He's you know? not there. And he's not there. He's not there to console. He doesn't give me a call. I never heard from the dude ever, Yo, what a ever again jackass. until I apologize. I decided I'm going to forgive you and I'm sorry for the pressure I put on you. And then he was just basically like, I don't take an offense to it or anything. Like, like something douchey and just yeah. totally like so far removed. Wow. And it was just, oh, it was a 
Yeah. I, I mean, I can see why that would start oh my a drug gosh. addiction. And yeah, I mean, like, I got introduced to it and I was just like, this is a cool medicine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is different. This is different. And I like having a great idea for 20 minutes. <laughs> That 20 minutes of, For, I'm a fucking Oh my God, genius. I've got it. I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm a genius. I mean, hours. like my ideas have always been kind of 24 like, hours like that. But I'm like, dying. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> or I need more. Yeah. That was like always the answer. I need more. I feel like I watched something one day. I think it was like uh, the social network. Mm-hmm. It's a social network. And I think he talks about cocaine in the beginning, about cheese mm. versus cocaine with rats as an experiment and how they act the same exact way that humans act when they're introduced to mm. cocaine, but no other animal does. It's like, like crazy That's stuff. So like weird. it's so crazy stuff. But like, it was just like, yo, we're like rats. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Well, like really cool. I so, like cheese and cocaine. <laughs> so you left the, that, that, <laughs> that whole thing. Right. So piggyback. Stage. I mean, not piggyback, circle back. Uh, yeah, I, I left that. And I think that every single time that I did not die, I felt more invincible. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, my God, she can't be stopped. Like, yeah. I kept going. And um, I think my rock bottom was like, uh, it was my birthday. I had just turned 25. Uh-huh. And... Um, I had done this shoot with a good friend of mine named Lee Gums. We did a, decided to do this video where I was like pretty much naked, uh, <laughs> dancing to Nine Inch Nails, uh-huh. and just trying different things on the camera screen, bouncing up and down, watching my tickle bitties, like, you know, <laughs> doing some like yeah. weird kind of sexual movement on the floor, uh-huh. had my coat. I just felt like gangsta, smoking cigarettes, like just, yeah. it was so outlandish. And it was kind of art. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it was kind of good art but like at the same time it was just like super vulgar yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh what i ended up doing because i wanted that to be like you know like how people have like those promo clips that just continue looping like the looping videos and stuff yeah, like yeah. that that go in clubs and they just play over and over again uh-huh. i wanted that to happen at my party uh-huh. and he couldn't get it done in time so it wasn't it didn't show up in time when he finally sent me the video i was so over it i was so messed up like so messed up i decided to take out all the men that i had sex with including my exes like Uh all the you know like you're going in the like guinness book of exes yeah and i sent it to all of them and i said in case you missed my party last (laughs) night here's a little recap (laughs) send to all like (laughs) how how much coke did you do not enough (laughs) not enough (laughs) oh my god i was i was convinced i even sent it to like just some friends of mine that would get quite a laugh out of it yeah like i sent it to miguel zarati and he was like slay bitch (laughs) Slave so age. I felt like I was validated yeah. <laughs> to let's keep going. How many people can we do it to? Fuck. And yeah. And then like two weeks later, like after I've reconnected with this guy for the first time, I reconnect yeah. with him the first time because there was two times I reconnected. First time, two weeks later, I send them a text message saying, um, <laughs> I'm now on the spiritual journey and path. <laughs> 
please delete that message. No, no, like it wasn't even yeah. about the message. It was just like, I am now on this path where I would like to get to know God deeper. And I want to uh, disconnect uh, with you or um, try and break the tie. That's what it was mm-hmm. like, a series of breaking the tie um, ties. And basically pretty much broke the ties with them and body, mind, soul, spirit and releasing them and saying, I didn't know what I knew now that you're not the person for me or not the one for me or whatever. Wish you all the best, much success into your life. Hope this finds you well in the holiday Mm -hmm. season. Blah, 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 blah. Sincerely yours, Taja. (laughs) And then, uh, I got all good responses. It was like, the video just disappeared. Yeah. But like, I know that somebody secretly saved that, man. Of course. Somewhere. Of course. Somewhere. It'll resurface when yeah. I'm like, when, at your 50th when I become birthday. a Kardashian. Yeah, yeah your 50th birthday is <laughs> going to... Yeah, you remember when you sent this? Yo, dude. <laughs> remember? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, after all this, I mean, a very <laughs> traumatic experience, 100%. Right. Over the past 10 years. Right. And now you've resurfed this back into society. <laughs> And dance life. Uh, yeah. What's your objective now? Mm, well, oh, yeah. And to answer your question, uh, about, I think, nine months total, yeah. would, I would say that I was isolated mm. and removed myself. Um, and now, like, I think resurfacing into this area, um, I guess, of emergence for myself, mm-hmm. I feel this, like, huge rebirth. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is so colorful it's like the switch up when you get to oz like from kansas it's like yo dude everything's saturated yeah and i think everything's saturated in my life now it's just it's really beautiful i love the experiences that i'm having the people i'm having them with the interactions i feel that um there's just like this heart gallop like that's happening over and over again, repeatedly with everyone and everything. And um, with my art, it's just been a super explosive time. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's coming at me all at once, like I said. And uh, I just want to do it all. I feel like I'm I'm such a um, six-dimensional creature, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like, I guess for the pun intended with being a multi-sensory human, um, I do believe you have a sixth sense mm-hmm. where you can um, really peruse that astral plane. And I feel like in my dream state, I have that. Mm-hmm. Like my dreams have become more vivid. I've be- become more of a dream dream tracker. So mm-hmm. I I spend a lot of time recording my dreams, writing my dreams down, um, having a recollection of them, uh, typing them up, trying to distinguish what from what. And what um, means what? What it means, yeah. And then some of them are like, they, they are very premonitional. Some of them, I've had to like call people because they weren't about me. They were messages for other people. Mm-hmm. And they received the message and they were like, dude, I, like, how do you know all this? Like, mm-hmm. And it was just things like, I, there's no possible way I could have known them. Um, so I think in being in the cult, the things that came out of it was more clarity mm-hmm. spiritually. Uh, well, and you removed all these toxins that you're putting in your body all the time absolutely which is you know it's made you it makes you sorry kombucha Mm -hmm. it makes you react to the more extreme uh way of of life like all your i guess all your senses are so alive 
Yeah. And there's nothing to hide from. Well, before all your senses were so dumbed so down and so numb because they were over you. It's like coffee. It's yeah. as if you had gone from drinking 20 coffees a day to absolutely nothing for nine months. And then you have one and you're like, fuck, I'm awake. Yeah. You know, but obviously on a way more extreme level. So absolutely. now you've removed all this stuff. I bet everything feels so clear and... Very clear. A lot more inner dialogue happening. A lot more reflection a lot more growth and a lot more love for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been like being being able to test out ex- social experiments um, that, you know, I've I've read about. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge reader, avid reader, love to read. And, um, you know, the law of attraction has always been such an enticing theory mm-hmm. for me or just, uh, I guess, law, <laughs> really, because yeah. it's not really a theory. It is actually proven to be true. Um, but I wanted to test how instantaneous it could be mm-hmm. and with what or who, you know. Um, and I've been testing it a lot, and everything that I need or want, like imagine a world where everything is automatically at your disposal as soon as you I mean just like at your you know beck and call as soon as you ask for it so you ask the universe for I don't know could be something simple as kombucha you ask the universe for kombucha there's somebody like right next to you that has that has one or has a company that's a kombucha company like things like that has has started to happen to me and I think in being sober, I've been able to recognize it because it was probably always there. Mm-hmm. But it's just like those resources are always there. And I feel like before it's kind of like if you were in a house, but you were just in the lobby mm-hmm. and you didn't know you had access to all these rooms. Yeah, And you have like the keys are in your pocket, but because the keys were not like right in front of you because maybe a drink was yeah. like you just decided I'm going to plop down in the lobby and just, yeah. just sip on this drink. And that's instead it. Of using instead of using anything else and get getting food or mm-hmm. going to the bathroom or whatever, whatever it is. But yeah. like, I feel like that's kind of what was happening to me. I was realizing, Oh my gosh, there's all these rooms and there's all these people within these rooms. There's all these directions you can go. There's all, all these interactions that you can have and make and create. And I don't know, like there's different ways to see things now. And it's been an awesome experience and just trying to do it in every way possible with my art uh-huh. um, has been my challenge recently. Just like yeah. kind of putting everything out just because I love so much. I love poetry, and fashion, music, dance, food, yeah. um, agriculture even. I've, I've taken an interest in that or even just doing DIY art installments or mm-hmm. just photography. I used to do photographs and I DJ, I yeah. produce like you are a very creative so many things. and eccentric person, you know, and with what you do, everything is like you said earlier, back to the same thing. You're an extremist. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So <laughs> extreme. So, so extreme. But I do believe that that probably has contributed a lot towards your success within everything that you do you do it to a very high standard and to right. a very high level like just you as a dancer alone has achieved more than most dancers could ever possibly dream of but it's interesting because i trapped myself in a comfort zone yeah. which i think in being in the cult it released me from that because it just unleash this version of me where I'm unafraid. Mm -hmm. And I think I was so insecure. And I think we all do get in our heads at one point in our career where it's like everything I do is being watched 
or everything I do is being pressured or mm-hmm. everything I do, if it's not at a hundred percentile or not Instagrammable, it's mm. not worth doing. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, it, it starts to lose that, uh, tenacity mm-hmm. that it once had or, um, I guess, uh, the malleable ability of just being able to, you know, kind of put it out there, even if it's at an unfinished stage to Mm -hmm. you, to somebody else, it's finished and it's a voice and, Mm -hmm. uh, playing around with that more because I'm in this unafraid stage. It's now, it's like, yo, there's all this stuff, this, all this untapped potential, Mm-hmm. that we have as human beings to experience ourselves. And when we increase that experience for ourselves, mm-hmm. like we inc- increase the capacity we have to experience the world, you mm-hmm. know? And if we continue doing that within the cycle, you just start to see that everything is you. Everything is your culture. You design your own life in every single in every way. every single way. Every way. That's why I hate when people go, oh, so-and-so made me do this. No, like, no one made you, you do shit. did. You chose you to made a choice. Their, their direction, you know, how they point you. And right. And you went, okay. But I didn't choose to be in a cult. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but like on a serious note, that's just like, you know, kind of how I feel about everything now. And um, I think that's what's really pushing me. It's just like, dude, how fast can you get it mm. out? How well can you do it too? And before I was in this comfort zone, like I was saying to you, like it was a trap, even though for everybody else, it looks like on the outside, I'm doing well, I'm consistent mm-hmm. at my job and what I love to do. But it was like, not not to my eye, because mm-hmm. it's only a percentage of myself. You're seeing this dancer version of me. You're not seeing That's Taja. one dimension. Yeah, I have a whole squad. Like, I have six personas that are just, like, and probably more, just six I have names for. And, like, they're within me. And, like, they all have different things to say. They all have different likes and dislikes and, you know, fortes. Like, some are really dope at singing, but some are terrible and, like, can only lip sync. Like, literally, I have people within me, I think a whole little city, you know? And um, I think that when we start viewing ourselves as that is like you are your society yeah you are it so even if you see there's a lot of animosity in the world there's probably a lot of animosity for yourself yeah and and you need to find out which one of your personas is like whipping whipping up a whole you know plate of animosity and sending it to you and attracting you to other hateful things Uh uh-huh that like that's literally all it is and the sooner you can find that change it track the opposite or track what you want yeah you just start seeing it in so many different ways you see it in a plant you can see it in a person you see it in a sewing machine you see it in a phone get it sewing machine yeah no <laughs> just like looking at the <laughs> yeah, things around like, me i was like, like get it i was like this i spy <laughs> yeah that's but, crazy yeah. but such a crazy concept do you think that like from an outside perspective you would never know all this about you you know mm. i know that you're an emotional person right you know i've spent f- three and a half four months with you yeah and i didn't know you at all before that and i felt yeah. like when when i left i knew you really well yeah you know you're a very emotional person you wear your heart on your sleeve you mm-hmm. say it very much how it is a lot of the time but i would never know that like side that, of me that side of you do yeah. you think that's because that was one of those were the personas that you were trying not to show. Yeah. And you were just trying to show Antaja, the dancer, DJ, singer, 
Totally. And not just like those outer results, like you would say, mm-hmm. uh, the results of it, but not really the full, the full thing. I mm-hmm. don't think I've ever felt safe. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did. And then I met somebody this year um, after getting out of that whole experience religiously. And um, he showed me that he loved all of it. Mm-hmm. And he accepted all of it, embraced all of it, and actually wanted me to enhance it more. Mm-hmm. It's like, just do more. He was like, I yeah. just want to sit down and watch you do it. And like, when you find somebody like that, that just loves you and accepts you after being in a very opposite relationship mm-hmm. where somebody wants you, you to change mm-hmm. so much and not even exactly dumb me down because at the end of the day, it's just another side probably of myself. But it's just like, that's not the side that I'm ever going to be. Yeah. And, or it's just like not a perspective of life I want to live in yeah. at all. And so, you know, cause I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to discredit what they believe in because if they believe that's true, it they believe, yeah, yeah. If it's serving them, which I don't feel like it's just, it's serving my ex. I really believe that he really truly wants to go against the grain and mm-hmm. he has untapped potential, but mm-hmm. he's not going to realize that until he can actually convince himself of his beliefs mm-hmm. that he won't die if he yeah. tries to do it. Cause for me, like I almost committed suicide because mm-hmm. of that, you know, and going back to where I am now, I'm just like at such a lovable, huggable, fuzzy place and warm place. And you know, that comes from seeing mirrors. Mm-hmm. And as I started to get myself back and then I meet this person, mm-hmm. it just gave me more increased stamina and inspiration and um you know encouragement to yeah, continue fueling finding you to more. keep going the direction where you are yeah. where you want to go and even like now it's like seeing relationship in a different way where you know i've decided you know if i'm gonna make this person a, a life partner of mine um there's a lot of things that i should do by myself mm-hmm. and he expressed that for him his own his own funk of doing that but he gave me the space that I needed to be able to uncover a lot of what was still being hidden mm-hmm. or triggered within mm-hmm. me from, you know, that past experience. Cause you go through kind of like some PTSD mm-hmm. and like everybody has it. I mean, like there are extreme levels of it that you hear about on the news, mm-hmm. but like, I think everybody has it um, with 100%. after every experience, after every experience. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. All right, I cringe when people curse. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I can't curse. Oh my gosh, why can't I curse? Like, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. And I, I got to the point where I could listen to curse words, but I was just like, everything else hurts. I can't yeah. say it. Yeah. Can't say the F word. And that's <laughs> 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 actually, what, oh my God, Johnny Erasmi did that to me for like, I think a couple of weeks straight. Every time he would come up to me, he'd be like, Taja. Say, you yeah. say the word, be like, bleep, 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 bleep. 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 And I would just be like, uh, uh, uh. but you know, I mean, like it's, it was a comfort zone. Yeah. This was a comfort zone that I was trapped in with all the drugs, with all the alcohol, with all the everything that pulled me out and made me realize, dude, you have to get going. Yeah, and you don't need this shit. No, especially if you got somebody coming that's like, you want to be able to settle down. You want to mm-hmm. be able to have children. I don't want to wait until I'm like 36 to have kids. Like, mm-hmm. even though there are people that do that, I like I like kids so much. Like, yeah. I love them. And I want to be a mom. I want to yeah. be a mom. 
And I got to get to a place where I can afford to be a mom. Yeah. And not even just afford in the financial way, afford emotionally, emotionally to yeah. be a mom, mentally to ready myself. And I was like, there's a solo chapter missing. Uh-huh. There is this big solo bucket list that I've wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, it's kind of like that feeling you get when you get fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it because I spent my years resting on my laurels and what I grew up doing, which I knew was safe. Which was dance. Which was dance. Mm-hmm. It was so safe. At 15, my career was set since 15. Yeah. Like, because of the when YouTube sensations was first a phrase, yeah. like, I was one of them. Yeah. Or like the viral, yeah, viral yeah. video kind of thing. And everybody knew me as this girl that did contemporary in a tutu. Yeah. And, um, Ivan Kamoyev's Instagram, uh, right. YouTube is on. There's this so- video right. you did a solo like 11 years ago. Crazy. You know? And like, just like, and then dipping, doing things that were groundbreaking at the time for the competition world, like uh, dipping, like mm-hmm. the drag, drag queen, like mm-hmm. kind of flow or vibe that yeah. I was creating and this queer vibe that I yeah. created that I was just so sure of myself at such a young age. Yeah. And that was the persona that I had. Yeah. And like, even just little things that I did, it made that performance so innovative that everybody knew who I was mm-hmm. by the time I moved out to LA. I got signed before I even moved out to mm-hmm. LA. I got headshots done because I had friends that just wanted to shoot me mm-hmm. and they, they knew it would be great. Like I got that. And then I got my first job from taking a class, a benefit class. And you know, like was it was, um, I did this thing called uh, the Zodiac show mm-hmm. and Carmi Bacar was heading it and Adam Lambert was in it. And it was before he was Adam Lambert. It was before yeah. he even got on the American Idol uh-huh. and um, <laughs> the American Idol. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, like different people like that, like Leo Moctezuma, I got to dance with. He was an OG, Randy yeah. Kemper, OG, Noel Bahana's OG, like the Noel Aragon and Leo twins. like the loveliest humans. Oh my gosh. They're just like, they're aliens. Yeah. And, I got to dance with aliens for my first job and build this community of people, not just dancers, but photographers, fashion designers, actors, like like all of them in the you're, show, fire breathers. You're exposed to so much at such a young age. Oh my gosh. I was like in my first club performing in it, 16. Yeah, not even old enough to be in it. Not old <laughs> enough to be there after the performance. Yeah. But still, like, you know, fake IDs were popping at 17. I was already yeah. up at Carnival, like chilling, yeah. like. Like, it was a lot of stuff that was just introduced to me so quickly and my career went so fast because, I mean, I really honestly think I manifested it all. Mm -hmm. I had a goal list set before I moved out. So my dance teacher was like, you ain't going to make it. She was like, you ain't ready. You need two more years. What do you mean? And I had no choice. So I was just like, you know, I'm going and let me make this list. And in four years, Uh list was done. It's like, what goals are next? Okay, what do you want to do? Where do you want your career to go? Okay, this person's hitting you up. And like, I feel like, honestly, I can probably name the amount of auditions I've had on my two hands. Yeah. In in 12 it's years of dance. Yeah. And dance. to think you've danced with like the biggest icons. And for listeners who don't know you, like you've worked with like Chris Brown, you've worked with Beyonce, you've done Janet, like you've it's done crazy. Kanye, you've done these people, which you'd think that it takes hours and months and months of auditions and you kind of just fast track because of who you are and it's you had a crazy. reputation. Right? It's like, it's a blessing, honestly. Of it course. really is. Like, but, but all your thankful, work. but it was like, 
everything was just kind of like, oh, yeah. like it was like dealing cards. Like yeah. everybody just gave me more cards. It was just more. Mm. And I never, even when I had chances to breathe, it was still like, this is my breadwinner. And then on top of that, I'm teaching for one of the greatest dance conventions mm-hmm. in the U.S. So like, on top of that, I had steady paper, so I never had to have a work a nine to five. Yeah. Which is we don't have that kind of thing here. Like yeah. we don't have conventions, conventions which, right. which you can live on, you know? Like that's a blessing that you have in the States. Like if you're a teacher and you can get conventions, like you know that you're good. You're good. And it's like you know that you're you're safe. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, knowing that I had that safety net, it was like so kind of so invincible like in, you, you, you probably felt invincible like right. money wasn't a problem you were getting jobs left right and center and and it was just like my reputation wasn't a problem credibility stayed up social standing stay up like you know what what do i do now and i i just had no i had no life lesson experience really like yeah. it was like i was living my college years through working all these jobs so like which are meant to be the pinnacle (laughs) you know it's meant that's meant to be the the end product the end product and it was like for me it's like these are new beginnings and we're just gonna do all of this and you know of course like my mom raised me right i wasn't Mm -hmm. doing like just like the wildest of the wild girls Mm -hmm. gone wild kind of stuff but at the same time it put me in this phase where i was just like i'm on Mm mm-hmm I'm in prime. I ain't got to do anything else. And if I want to, I don't have to keep doing Mm. that if I don't want to. So I would pick up things. I would pick up instruments again. You know, Mm. like I played instruments growing up, pick it up again, then decide, just don't feel like doing it anymore. DJing, Mm -hmm. just don't feel like doing it anymore. Like I DJed and I DJed for a month, learned how to DJ in a month and then had two residencies after the first month that I started DJing. (laughs) So it was like, I had like, Three residencies total in yeah. like my four year DJ career. But like still it was just like it was just handed to me yeah. because I already happen to be pretty good at music and making music or sampling music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, Yeah. They just assumed the position. Like yeah. and then I was like, Okay, like we did it. And I'm one of those people like I don't do things a bunch of times. Yeah. I do it one good time. Once I feel like, okay, I've I don't see it. it. Yeah, I've I have the experience. I'm not gonna say there's no errors, but to my perspective, I think everything happened imperfectly perfect for what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Moving on. That's it. I don't do. I I could never do that challenge of mm. be a be in a Broadway show for four years in the running or dance with the same artist every year for ten no, years. Me like, <laughs> but like. I have friends that have done it, and I look up to them, and I'm inspired by them, and I admire that. It's just not my. You know, yeah. cup of tea since we're in London. Yeah, change your taste. Change. Change your taste. Change, your change, taste change. Change of taste. Um, that's crazy. It is crazy. Like to think that by 25 you'd accomplished your dance career. Like, you know, well, by, before that. By 20. 20. Yeah. By 21, I was I was there. Um, And then the thereafter that just created new goals and then got there mm. by, by 25. And then it was just kind of like, but what else do I do then? Because for somebody that does things maybe once, and it's like, what do you, what do you do now? Mm. And I think there was also this sense of self where I was just like, I still want to be an artist. I still want to be an entertainer, like yeah. full out. Like I grew up like my mom. I told my mom that I wanted to be a legend. <laughs> That's so sick. I, I, she's like, yeah. <laughs> The one thing is like that's not a job. 
description? Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, it is. I was like so convinced. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Legend. Like she's like, that's like more of like a descriptive word. Like legend at what? Yeah. And, and I was like, like everything. everything. <laughs> Life. Everything. Yeah. Just want to be, you know, everywhere on uh-huh. everything. Um, oh my gosh. Steve Harvey put it best. He, I think he is, but like. Uh, he used to say, he still says, I want to be like the black Nike swoosh. Sick. <laughs> That's so sick. But it's like so dope because it's like Nikes yeah, you can, everywhere. Yeah, and you can see, a, you can see like, if you see like a normal tick, but it's not a swoosh. Right. You go, oh no, it's not uh, Nike not. one. It's not correct. Mm-hmm. You know, or you see a swoosh and you go, like, you know, if it's you a real know Nike it. swoosh. You knew it. Yeah. You know it. You knew it. You, you knew know it. it. You, you know it. it. You, knew you it. see Just it. You're it. like, uh, yeah. yes. And it's a staple. It's like now an American pastime to have Nike shoes. Like yeah. you, you're not buying the shoe. You're buying the fact that this is Nike. Like yeah. that's how I want to be with people. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're not just, you know, going to see mm. Taja. You're going to see this entity yeah. of like, you know, and. You're going to see Taja Riley. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> not just any old Taj. Not just any old Taj. Taja Mahal. But it was you just like Taj awesome. Mahal? It was no, such an awesome Taja dream. Riley. <laughs> Fuck the Taja Mahal. Such a, no, it's crazy though. Like that's exactly what I wanted to get back to. And so like coming out of this now, I'm just like, it's fantastic. We got some things. We yeah. got some goals. Chasing and the legends. Tons status. of projects. Yeah. Um, so... You, we were discussing before this, you've started a podcast. Yeah. You did your first episode yesterday. Yeah. Talk us, tell us about that. How, oh what, my gosh. What sparked the idea? So magical. <laughs> wow. <laughs> magical. Wow. That was, wow. Something went wrong in the magical. middle. Magical. Oh my gosh, it reminds me of Family Guy. You know the uh, episode where it's like all the guys with like the really, really seriously big mouths and they're like, oh, I'm just going to the... No? No. <laughs> Maybe not. I would probably be really bad at the impression, anyways. But I just love Matt. I'm gonna YouTube it. Yeah, YouTube it. It's like they're cavalier. They're all from like a country club, and they have these like huge giant mouths, like Jay Leno, and they all talk down here. Balls in their chin. (laughs) They make the gong sound. I wish people could see your face when you do that. (laughs) Fucking crazy. Terrible. Crazy. (laughs) Anyways, um. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the podcast idea, um, I came up with, along with kind of packaging this whole social emergence thing, mm-hmm. been kind of, everybody had been wondering where I was and wanted to kind of beat everybody to the punch before, you know, them asking all the questions and stuff like that. I wanted to decide what my story was. Obviously, it's a truthful one, but, like, mm. wanted to decide how I was going to tell it and how design it through art. Yeah. And so um, came up with this shoot idea of social emergence to do this awakening of social media, came out with a way to like just kind of put it out. And it's not like I have like a huge following or anything like that. I never really cared about that all that mm. much. I felt like it was a byproduct that there was people yeah, but that. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality, quality. And, and the people who know you are. Yeah. The and people. I think <laughs> that's what I care about the most is just like 
I just want my art to be somewhere that's like in front of them. And I think that's why Instagram is so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also poisonous aspects to Instagram, but I think for the most part, it's this thing where you can take ideas that are in your brain, make it very visual Mm -hmm. and put it right out in front of you. Just like Pinterest, like yeah, for free. And and it's great. And it could be anything from a quote Mm -hmm. to a video, to a photo, to a gift, to like Mm -hmm. anything. And so I just, I just wanted to be able to attack that um, with, you know, kind of the stages of uh, the trauma and mm. um, kind of making fun of them. And so I saw this like cow print outfit one day and I was just like, oh my gosh, what if it was like kind of this whole gone missing and like, you know, the face on the milk carton kind of thing, kind of like messed up though. Mm. And so we ran with it and um, me and Lee shot some really fantastic stuff. And um, then Got Taj was born. And I started using this hashtag called Gottage. And um, then I decided, you know, social media is a bit overwhelming. (laughs) And I think I need to channel all of my artistic anger elsewhere. Uh Um, And even just like my artistic enthusiasm elsewhere. Because there's just so much of it that I have. And even though I think IG now offers it. Um, in a lot of different exciting ways. You got the IGTV, you've yeah. got like the the feed, like the story. They're beginning you have to the conquer feed. every aspect yeah, of social media. They're really one doing it. They're really doing it. And but but I wanted to have something that's like kind of all to myself and more of like um a planet. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. if you want to make a planet, you have to create your own website, mm-hmm. cyber planet, you know. And um so that's what I decided I think I was going to do. And once I did that, I was like, okay, well, what kind of content do I want to put on there? And, you know, the typical female dancer, um, and I'm not calling any of you guys typical if this is what you have on your website. I am. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, usually they have, oh, videos from me and galleries of photo shoots, headshots that I've done, my resume on a page, yeah. a contact info on a page, bio, you know, credibility events where I'm touring next, where I'm going yeah. to dance. Where if I I'm, teach. Where I t- yeah, and it's just like, it's like very... Generic. Yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> not for me you know it's just not for me yeah not, it works for other people but you're like, not a people generic do really person great. in life so why no would it? like and again it's like i'm very 6d so everything has to have every aspect that i enjoy mm-hmm. on it unless it's not fully me so yeah. uh i decided to combine all of my ideas into one area mm-hmm. and one of the things going back to this podcast venture uh one of the things i wanted to explore was you know podcasting it was Mm -hmm. something that helped me through you know my beginning of healing stages Mm -hmm. as I was coming out of the experience I was in and um, my friends are like finding it to be very trendy Uh, they gave me great suggestions um, and I had started particularly paying attention to Oprah's podcasts Mm -hmm. podcasts cast plural podcast plural plural and one is called Super Soul Conversation and the other one is called Masterclass, which mm-hmm. they're both really awesome in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Super Soul Conversations one just really um, excited me the most mm-hmm. and interested me the most to the fact where I was like binge watching them, like yeah. binge or binge listening. Yeah, yeah. And I would listen to like maybe f- six or seven Yeah, that's like, that was, that's what happened to me. Like a day. Yeah. And... 
it got so crazy that I was just like, one day I'm like listening to it and I was like, why don't we have this for dance? Why don't we have, like, why don't I have one of these? Like, yeah. that would be so fun to do something like on a platform, just discussing whatever. We could talk about whatever. Yeah, anything. Anything. And so, you know, I'd started trying to figure out, poking my, picking my brain. And usually ideas come to me like super, super quick. But for this one, I was just like, yeah, but, but what would I yeah. do? And as I started getting more into my healing, then I decided I was going to just try this social experiment to get out more, mm -hmm. do this human interaction type thing. And it didn't have a name at first. Mm -hmm. I would just literally go to a restaurant, sit down, have a good book or have music that I was going to listen to or things that I was going to write because I was working on um, my book that's actually mm -hmm. now finished. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I was like doing that. And then I would look for somebody around the room that was probably doing the same thing or might have been doing the same thing or just even just alone. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the time I wouldn't have to like look across the room. It would just be like right there. They would be right there, right next to me mm -hmm. or at the bar with me. Or they have this thing in America now. It's like communal tables. I think you guys have that yeah, at some yeah, of your yeah. restaurants. So, yeah, it was like a communal table where somebody else is sitting by themselves. And I would just like start talking to them. Either like there would be something that they're wearing that I liked and comment on it or food that they had just gotten delivered. And and then I would just comment on that or just some something dry it's humor, slight humor. Yeah, mm -hmm. something. And then just get the energy going. And then um, I would get this feel. Yeah. I, like I always know, you know, when something's like. Who wants like, to talk to you? Yeah, head, heading in a good conversation. But shockingly enough, like every single time, great conversation. Yeah. And I would just ask them or I'd hint like, I think we're going to do lunch. And, the, and then we would just literally do lunch or whatever meal yeah, yeah. that we were having. But most of the time it was like during the lunch hours, yeah. like 12 to five, somewhere in that area yeah, yeah. where I'd meet these people. And we literally just shoot the shit and just like have good conversation. I would get to know somebody and every single time, such a great conversation, great response. And you would think like, you know, 50% and maybe for me being like super socially awkward at times, 90% of the time, you would think people would say, no, no. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Is this, were you doing this in LA? Mm -hmm. I think people there are more open to it purely because, you know, it's LA. They seek opportunity. Right, right, right. You know, normally people are there for, for a specific reason. People aren't just in LA to be in LA. Right. They're there because they're pursuing or trying to pursue. Yeah, they can't sit still. Yeah. So I feel like everyone there goes, oh, she's full. Like she's forward. This must this might be an opportunity. Might be working, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, no, like I would do it, and we would start the conversation, and somehow we always ended up talking cult talk because they would find it so interesting. I would try and like just listen to them and mm. just you know just get to know them more and you know they would always kind of shoot it back to me what about you i'm like well i just got out of a cult <laughs> and they'd be like what? oh my god you're in a cult i just watched handmaiden's tale was yeah. it anything like that like yeah. and it goes into like, like this deep rabbit Senna. hole <laughs> like so crazy but people are so intrigued by it and then i was like wow this could kind of sort of be a really pretty cool gimmick but i'm not gonna call it like cult talk or anything yeah. like that so i was just like mm, culture well, what <laughs> cult chair <laughs> cult chair <laughs> culture 
<laughs> but like, I was just like, no, cause I really don't want it to be about me. I want this to be something where, yeah, I can get my therapy in, but really I could heal through others and mm-hmm. help others heal too. Yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, one day I was like sitting down and I was just like, talk i think i was talking to my sister or something and i was like i'm about to have lunch with this stranger and yeah. <laughs> i was like that's what it's called yeah lunch and with that's when lunch with strangers was born and uh i started developing it more i think there's still d- more development that mm-hmm. i want to do of just like kind of structuring mm-hmm. questions um out that i probably ask myself mm-hmm. if i was having lunch with me for the first time and like not the generic ones like what's your favorite color yeah um, what's your favorite film What's your favorite film? What's your favorite color? Yeah. What's your favorite number? <laughs> <laughs> What's your birthday? Oh my God, we should oh be your sad. We oh should be God. best friends. <laughs> but like more serious things like reflection mm. and what are you what have you been reflecting on? And that was really the biggest thing for me. Um, because it was such a social experiment for me to see how I could test this law of attraction. Yeah. So when coming in contact with these people, I'd be like, listen, I'm doing this really crazy thing where I'm testing out my law of attraction and seeing how instantaneous it is. Yeah. So I really have to ask you, what are you reflecting on? Because yeah. if I've attracted to you, then we must be aligning in some sort of way. And that would interest them too and kind of be a jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would take us into that like deep rabbit hole of other questions. Yeah. But it always would start with just like kind of reflection of of healing, of goals, like talking goals, talking future. Uh, wearing, where are you seeing yourself or just how do you perceive yourself because mm-hmm. of the way that perception is with you versus how your friends see you, how your mm-hmm. family sees you, how you, how the person that you love the most may see you or mm-hmm. whatever, or if they even think you exist. Yeah. Um, and just like kind of going into things like that. Um, it was just very deep talks, very invasive talks. Um, that things that you probably don't speak about with a stranger. You would not. But like... I think I got them at such an open in such an open way just because I kind of would start it off with the I just got out of a cult. So like pretty much everything. Yeah, it's not going to get weird. It's not going to get weirder. It can't get weirder. And I think they feel safe there because they're like, we're talking. I'm talking to a a ex-cult or excommunicated victim here. So it just would become fun. And, um, so yeah, yesterday I, (laughs) I was like on a plane with somebody coming from Denmark back to, back Uh to London. And, um, there was actually somebody that was sitting next to me that I had gotten to sit next to me because before the flight, we figured out we had the same birthday and I was kind of having a conversation with him and it was very deep. And we talked about a lot of things concerning spirituality and he actually ended up being, um, in a relationship with a girl that does choreography at studio 68 that teaches, uh-huh. um, her name's Fumi. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. uh, she, ha- he happened to be Fumi's girl boyfriend. Sorry. Crazy. And, um, yeah. And we ended up meeting for some reason. And I was like, I think there's still connection here. And we just started yeah. talking more and he didn't want the conversation to end. So he ended up sitting by me, but the person that was behind us in line the entire time was the girl that was sitting to the left of me. Yeah, that's so fucking It was weird. crazy. Like, it was so crazy. And she was behind us, and I had looked behind, and I was like, oh, she's really cute and, like, you know, yeah, really yeah. sweet. And she was with this guy or whatever. And um, we get on the plane, and and then I, like, I'm like, oh, you 
you were right behind me. Like, yeah. and, and then we continued having our conversation, me and another guy. And then, um, it, it went on to like, you know, the very end of the plane ride. And then I turned to her and we just start talking and, uh, asked like, where are you from? Like, what, what are you doing here? What's your name? All that stuff. So yeah, we, we kind of ended up exchanging contact info and, uh, it was pretty cool. I, I like, I never thought that she would have hit me up first. I thought I was going to hit her up yeah. once I got settled here. And she just hit me the day that I moved in and asked if I wanted to hang out. I was like, yes, yeah. let's go. Sick. And she's, she said that, you know, she wanted to do something Brixton. We could get lunch or whatever. And then we ended up meeting there and it was such good conversation. And I wasn't thinking, I wasn't going into it with like, let's do lunch with strangers. Yeah. But then like it occurred to me as we were talking, it was just like the conversation was so magical. There was such a flow. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, I can totally do lunch with strangers. And like, I don't have the mic stuff right now. I yeah. don't, I didn't have like all of this stuff, which I'm of course going to get, but it was just like, I can't just not take advantage of this moment. Yeah. We've got to do it. Yeah. Still. You can and do it simpler and you can just do it through your iPhone with the, with like normal Apple, like, Headset because the microphones on them are so good that works just as fine. Yeah, and I think that I I probably will, so yeah. it could be more mobile and you don't more sit organic. In a, you don't want to sit at a restaurant table like <laughs> with these. No, and then most of the most of them now, like I've developed so many contacts in other places because since yeah. then it's like it's expanded more than just being like oh we're going to, I'm at lunch and mm -hmm. I meet somebody like now it's like. I'm on the plane. I yeah, meet yeah. someone on the train or laundromat. I met these people yesterday when I got lost in Brixton. Yeah. They were on their way to a Wolf Alice concert <laughs> and they helped direct me back to like the station. Like, and, and now we're tight. Like it's like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy things like that. Met this rapper dude on the airplane that happens to be dropping his album in January. And he's a pretty tight rapper. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't even like, know who he you, was. Where'd you live? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where you live? Yeah. It's like, I broke Grove. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, and I was looking for speakers. And so, so he said that he was going to let me borrow his speakers. I don't know if that offer still holds up. But <laughs> but yeah, it was just great. That was like all these people I'm aligning with and uh, aligning at the right time. It's yes. just like take it's the a chance. a idea. And it Do gives it. you a chance to have a, have a voice and mm -hmm. it to have effect. And it could just really be with anything. It's just like for me, when I came across Super Soul Conversations, yeah, like – uh, Oprah is Oprah and she structures her talks and stuff like yeah. that. So it's a little bit more to the point. Yeah. Um, she's more direct. Uh -huh. um, but if it hadn't been for that day where I stumbled upon the particular episode I did, because I never do things like, oh, I'll just do the most recent episode. No. no. Like I'll just like try and search, 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 search and What's find one topic? that, yeah, yeah, that sticks out. Yeah. And um, I think that if it hadn't been for that, like, I don't think I really would have started my healing process in the way that I did. And with such, like, I feel like I had such grace and peace towards everything. I greeted everything with mm -hmm. instead of fighting everything, which usually when you're going through your healing process, you're fighting yeah. every stage. And I was just, like, accepting of it, like, all right, your car got repossessed. Yeah. All right, high five. Yeah. All right, you got to do Postmates. All mm -hmm. right. <laughs> <laughs> right on your yeah. babysitting cool yeah. like yeah. and it was just all of that like and there would be crazy things that would happen to me and no matter how crazy it was just like this is cool it's all working I mean, out <laughs> you've had a really good experience of getting to know you yeah 
And it's funny, isn't it? Because we spend the most time with ourselves, but I feel like people know themselves the least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they hide all the things that they don't like about themselves and they make sure that they're not accepted. They don't accept them and they're not al- aligned with them. And they just go, this is who I am and this yeah. is what I want everyone to see. So that's it. Yeah. But actually when you truly, like if someone asks you stuff about you and you give an immediate answer. Normally you don't really know. You've you've got this perceived perception of what you think you are. Right. Like, whereas I feel like if you actually sit there and take a minute and think about it, you'll find loads of reasons which counteract that, what your reaction or your answer. Like, I always thought when I was in LA, I knew me inside out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm so confident within myself. I can do this. I'm really good at that. And then I went through a traumatic experience. I lost my brother. He committed suicide. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Really bad on drugs. Like same kind of thing, complete roller coaster. Yeah. Ended up hanging himself, so I wasn't that close with my brother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my whole life and my whole career, I've been, I was well, my whole life I was work driven. Work was the goal. I wanted to be the best dancer. I wanted to book the best jobs. I wanted to be the the guy from Wales that, you know, made it. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that then that got out. Yeah, that got out and did something great, because mm-hmm. it was always the same thing. It's impossible. You're from here. You're, it's never going to happen for you. Yep. Like you don't have straight legs. You can't point your feet. You're never going to make it. And I was like, I'm going to make it. Yo, like I'm going to do this. Even if i got to fight my way through and it's not natural, I'm going to make it. Right. And that was my, you know, uh, I had that blinker mentality. Right. Everything else was irrelevant en route. And then that happened and I came home and I spent time with my good friend, Mikey, who's very, very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not at all. Right. He's very religious. I'm not at, at all. all. Not, not in one slightest bit. And he'd sit there and talk to me and he'd kind of break things down and he'd be like, we'd just be chatting. It was like 2 a.m. And I was like, oh, I haven't felt this happy in such a long time. And he was like, when was the last time you felt this happy? And I was like, I don't know, five years ago. And he's like, what, when you didn't, when you lived here? I was like, what? He's like, you know, when you lived back in the UK before you moved to chase your dreams. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, and it was just like, like a, a switch went, yeah, and it, and it took him to like say that to say that, and for me to have to just answer without really think, uh, without saying what I'm used to saying, like because normally my answer would be when I was doing this job with Nicole, right. like you know that was the dopest moment, or right. that was this, but it was like oh when was the last time you enjoyed moments like this, and I was like wow this is what life is really about, yeah, you know it's about feeling like this and spending time with people who I love and finding people I love, and that was my. Uh, switch and I was was always so work driven I thought that was my priority and maybe it was at the time but deep down I've always been a family person I've always been a loving person I'm very emotional I wear my heart on my sleeve none of those things make sense for for what I was chasing like you know what I mean I'm meant to be with the people I love and since coming home I'm like this is me like I'm actually really comfortable in my own skin now and everything feels normal right and um, what's the word Organic. Organic. Do you know what I mean? Nothing yeah. feels forced anymore. Right. Whereas before I was always like, I'm fighting to get it's to fight where or flight. I'm, I'm fighting to get to where I need to get. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's no momentum happening. I'm constantly making things happen and fighting to get there. Whereas now I literally live the most organic life and day by day happens and I go, this is lovely. It's possible that, you know, like you saying that, like, and again, like this is, I, think something that is an ongoing reflection for Uh me but I think it's very very possible that the stop 
of fighting or yeah. like fighting life is actually the going of coming into everything that you were yeah. meant to be. But it's like we fight it and so we derail ourselves uh-huh. because we're fighting it instead of saying, okay, this happened. This is what it, I attracted. Uh-huh. This is the lesson here. Yeah. And this is where we are. Okay. Okay. Great. Now moving on. And like everything with everything, it could be, you know, I was talking to a really close friend last night just about uh, relationship stuff. And, you know, the particular relationship this person was in, it was very mirrored to how I'm feeling about my my relationship mm. right now, uh, relationship with myself and just relationship with others where it's like, you know, I feel like I'm ready mm. for settle, settling down. I feel like I'm ready to... Uh, be with this person and spend this time again Mm -hmm. but there's this conscious thought that i keep having of well if it doesn't happen that would mean that i'm still not ready Mm -hmm. and i have to be very accepting of that and let that happen and also trust that when it's time yeah it will come back Uh because it's supposed to and if i'm believing that this person is the person i'm to spend the rest of my life with then he has to. Mm-hmm. And there and if forever is a long time, mm-hmm. then it, like what is what is two months? Yeah. You know, like Not, yeah, and, yeah. and that's with everything. It's like even with jobs or mm-hmm. whatever we look at, we go to an audition, we don't book it. Okay. We didn't book that because of the booking we will have N- next uh, year. Yeah. That we actually have to get prepared for in these twelve months uh-huh. where we did miss the boat this time on preparation. Yeah. We're just not as prepared. Yeah. And that could have been like more of a catapult and gotten us there sooner, like six mm-hmm. months sooner, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, to whatever that present was awaiting around mm-hmm. the corner. But you didn't get that. And it's still there for you, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like we cross out the possibility that it is still there. Everything, everything in your destiny is still in your destiny. There's no way you can run from it, fright it, or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's still there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would you? It makes everything sound so stupid of like, why would you fight what's happening now? Because uh-huh. you're now prolonging it even more. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. So odd. Such a weird way of, of thinking, but it's like, yo, the more I live it mm. out, the more I'm like, yeah, so true. Yeah. Like, if I want to get to this person, a conversation with that person isn't necessarily going to change it. Yeah. The conversation with myself, however, could change the attraction method yeah. of that coming sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, how I deal with it. Or whatever. how I deal with it if it doesn't come. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. Fantastic though. No, it's dope. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Fan, fantastic. Fan flipping fan fantastic. Flipping fantastic. Well, I've got to go and get ready to go get really fucked up at my Christmas party. <gasps> right. I know. It's an office thing, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Is it? yeah. Um, yes, it's the Dream Boys Christmas party. We're all going to get really fucked up. It's the dream. And drink lots of wine. So live the dream. Is it the hot wine? The Samyaka? Mold wine? Yeah, the mold. Mold, mold wine. Mold wine. I hope not. Okay. That'll get me drunk real quick. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a quick, <laughs> quick drink. I know I want it to be a long lasting night. Oh, nice. I want to last till early hours in play the Play it out, play it out. Yes. Okay. And I have another one tomorrow then. Amazing. Two suits, two different nights. I never wear a suit. You don't? No. I think 
all I wear is suits when it's really, yep. when it's all said and done. You're bougie. I am pretty bougie, huh? You're cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for I've having me. I've had a wonderful me. time. Thanks for my therapy This session. didn't go at all where I thought it was going to go. Really? Where did uh, you think it was going to go? I don't know. Normally we just talk about fucking dance and that shit, but this was way more fun. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. You're cool. Um, <laughs> everyone, make sure you go check out Taja Riley on Instagram. Yes. Um, there you'll find all the access to her up and coming podcast yes. and other projects and uh the website which the is website. dropping january 1st of 2019 www.gottage.com gottage gottage you got her got, in london i gotcha <laughs> gotta get got oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> thank you bye. so much bye <laughs> this episode was brought to you by level up Dance Academy, bringing you premium dance training, making you the best dancer you can be so you can have a career better than me. Rhymes, bars, rap star. I'm out. Bah. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe, share with your friends and family, and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We out. Peace.